You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome in to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Majuk, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosher, at Marcus underscore Mosher. And of course, please give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Give us a five-star review if you're feeling generous, and be sure to hit the subscribe button because we're continuing on in our Rookie Profile series very excited. Uh, today's a guy that I'm actually not super familiar with. Marcus is going to take the lead on this one. He is going to teach us all about Seth Williams, uh, wide receiver out of Auburn. Very excited to dive into that. But before we dive into the rookie preview, I think we need to discuss the Seahawk in the room. I mean, elephant in the room. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is a lot of fun, Kate. So The Athletic had a really interesting article come out today about some friction between the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Uh, we heard some, what was it, a couple weeks ago about Russell Wilson uh, saying that he's not sure how much longer he's going to be with the Seahawks. And now it sounds like uh, a meeting with the front office did not go particularly well. So... Is there a chance, Kate, that Russell Wilson could be on the move? It's seeming more and more likely, uh, and that, that bums me out. For fantasy, it bums me out just because Russell Wilson has been the pinnacle team guy. I feel like he's just so entrenched with the meaning of the Seattle Seahawks for me. I can't picture the two of them apart. They're kind of like the the perfect couple, like a the the Brad and Jennifer Aniston of of football like I, I just can't ever <laughs> picture them apart but apparently things are not as uh, fantastic as they all seem to start the 2020 season we were feeling like they were in a very good place hashtag let Russ cook and they were they were letting Russ cook he was off to a really hot start to the season when we look at his splits between the first half of the season and second half of the season they're pretty drastic. Now, what happened in between the first half and the second half of the season, we might finally have some idea. In this report from The Athletic, we hear that there might have been uh, a tension between the the Russell Wilson camp and, and the Seattle Seahawks. Thursday night game, week 11 against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there was a bit of a incident at that point. Yeah, and I don't know, Kate. I feel like this is this is a couple that's been together for way too long, and now they're just trying to air out their grievances. I feel like they're going to get this ultimately done, but I, I found it interesting in that article that uh, that a couple sources, and I'm guessing they're within the Seattle Seahawks organization, kind of didn't like this idea of letting Russ, Russ cook. They think he's a better quarterback when he's a game manager and that he's not – one of these quarterbacks that can throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game and win. Uh, I I found that really interesting. So if Russell Wilson does come back, and again, I think both you and I expect that, are we going to be getting the Russell Wilson that's a game manager again that like we saw earlier in his career, or are the Seattle Seahawks going to cave and allow him to be this elite passing option, which we obviously love for Dynasty? I'm not sure. I think this is absolutely fascinating, and I'm curious to see how it all plays out. It is a really interesting prospect, and I I think we saw a lot of differences 
between the offense. We saw a lot of differences in the, the front half and second half of the season and just the way that uh, Russell Wilson was playing overall uh, in games uh, week through 11 or week one through 11. Uh, that was before the Russell Wilson uh, fight with hmm. uh, the, or I'm going to call it a fight. Uh, that was that was before the disagreement that they had ahead of that Thursday night football game. It sounds like uh, from the report from The Athletic that Russell Wilson felt dismissed. He wanted to give some suggestions to improve on the offense. They had lost three out of the four last games, and they were brainstorming. Uh, and it, it sounds like neither side was, was very uh, – excited about listening to the other but listen to these russell wilson game logs uh these averages and these these paces for russell wilson ahead of that thursday night football game russell wilson he was on pace for 4958 passing yards 50 passing touchdowns 18 interceptions so there there's a there's a few interceptions in there but Mm -hmm. uh top it off with 578 rushing yards he was balling out completion percentage of, of 69%, uh, nearly 70% on the dot. He was playing very well, and we saw them have some success, but they did have that that little stumble uh, on, you know, they had three road games, lost all three road games. They weren't playing particularly well, but once it, once they reeled Russell Wilson back in, yeah, his, his interceptions may have gone down, but... They lost some juice. They just did not yeah, feel like the same offense. No, and I feel like the offense got stale too, right? Like we knew exactly what they were going to be doing on almost every single play. DK Metcalf was going to run deep. Tyler Lockett was going to run underneath. And if you can stop those two things, which only a few teams were able to do that, they just didn't really have a counterpunch. And I think that's what Russell Wilson is frustrated about. If you look in that division, Right, you've got Cliff Kingsbury, who's a creative, innovative mind. You've got Sean McVay, who might be the most innovative offensive mind in the entire league. Uh, you've got some some people that are really, really good. And then Kyle Shanahan, maybe the best run game designer in the league. So I think when Russell Wilson looks at the landscape of that NFC West, I think he realizes that he's probably saddled with below average coaching, especially on the offensive end. Guys that are a little bit archaic in the way that they want to win football. And I think it would be interesting to him to play with a, you know, a creative, uh, innovative person that can make him, you know, make him an even better quarterback. So I think that's where some of the, the friction is coming in here. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like they've had a bit of a power struggle Russell Wilson clearly wants to have the ball in his hands. He's great with the ball in his hands. Like, we we all want to see that because we know that he's capable of making a lot of plays. But they continue to, to pull him back in. His stats in the back half of the season. So I just gave you uh, the, the gist prior to that Thursday night football game that was referenced uh-huh. in the article. Following that incident, he was on pace for... Uh, a 16-game pace, remember, he was just on pace for, f- like, almost 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. This is his pace to close out the season. 3,200 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He just was stale. 67% completion percentage. Sure, he he had a, a lower interception rate, but he cut his touchdowns down in half. Uh, they They 
took him away. Uh, they took away plenty of passing attempts. I just don't know. I don't know what the answer is for this this marriage, but Russell Wilson seems pretty uh, pretty done. Uh, they listed in this article several franchises that that Russell Wilson would consider, uh, including the Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, New Orleans Saints, Las Vegas Raiders. I want to talk about what Russell Wilson can mean for these franchises, but I also want to talk briefly about what like. If we lose Russell Wilson in Seattle, mm. what does that mean for the rest of these offensive weapons? Because they have a lot of fantasy stock to talk about. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll we'll hit on some of these other exciting Russell Wilson speculations. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. Welcome back into the show, everybody. Time to dive into the nitty gritty of the discussion. What does Russell Wilson and his feud for the Seattle Seahawks mean for dynasty football managers? Russell Wilson has been uh, sort of a, a perennial a fringe top five quarterback for dynasty. I feel like he's always considered in that upper echelon of, mm-hmm. of quarterback because we know he's a great uh, we know he's a great NFL quarterback. I feel like he's not the most consistent for fantasy, though. We know the ceiling for Russell Wilson is super high, but he does. He has these sort of ebbs and flows where he might not be scoring you all of that many fantasy points because they do set him into game manager mode. So if Russell Wilson is put into an offensive system where they do hashtag let Russ cook and they let Russ cook all meals of the day, what does that mean for Russell Wilson? Does he get a bump in terms of his dynasty value, or do, like would you see that as a lateral move, a uh, a decrease in value? What what does that mean if Russell Wilson is no longer with the Seahawks for him in particular? It, obviously, it depends a little bit on the destination, but the ones that you listed, Kate. Honestly, I think those are all positive things for him, right? Let's use the Raiders as the example, right? Let's say they replace him with Derek Carr. 
Uh, are they replace Carr with Wilson? Uh, you're going to a team with John Gruden, who again one of the best you know play callers in the league. Very very good at designing easy throws for quarterbacks. You put him with Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar in a really strong running game, and you've got another you know a top five every week quarterback that you're going to rank in your dynasty rankings or in your weekly rankings. So uh, Miami makes me a little bit maybe not feel quite as great just because the offensive line and the weapons aren't necessarily there yet. Uh, But I do think getting him out of Seattle would actually raise his value. And that's that's so strange to say, considering how valuable he's been uh, since being drafted in 2012. But I think, again, I think it's just a team that's gotten to be a little bit stale. They're very predictable on offense. And if you put him on a team that uh, has a creative play caller, you could potentially get a quarterback that's on the same level week to week as a Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, uh, those type of quarterbacks. We do know he's capable of of making those just absolute bonkers plays. I'd say the biggest knock on Russell Wilson is just, you know, his inability to sometimes let the play go. Sometimes he does hold on to the ball far too long, and that does end in sacks. He's been hit so many times. He did mention mm-hmm. that he feels like he uh, – he wants a better offensive line. He wants to be hit less. I don't think that's all on the Seattle Seahawks, though. It has. To, we no, have to look at Russell Wilson and his part in that. But uh, which out of all of these offenses would you most like to see him? Would it be the Raiders, as you mentioned? All right, give me the names again, because the Raiders and Dolphins, who are the other teams that he could be potentially be interested in going to? Raiders, Dolphins, Jets, and Saints. It's got to be the Saints, right? Oh, yeah, it's the Saints. But I don't. that doesn't seem very realistic, right? Considering where the Saints are at cap situation-wise, yep. asset-wise, that doesn't, doesn't seem realistic. So Dolphins, Raiders, who else? Uh, the Jets. It's the Raiders. I'm not it's sure why everybody Raiders, wants right? to go to the Jets. I know Adam Gase is no longer there, but... They still don't well, have a plethora of playmakers there on uh, at, at the run game. It's not like they have a, a giant um, plethora of tools for a quarterback to dive into. I'm, I'm excited about Denzel Mims, but what else do they have, really? Well, he, here's what they do have and that Russell Wilson really likes. It's Robert Sala, their new head coach, a, a longtime friend of Robert Sala. Uh, is that enough to potentially go to the Jets even with lesser weapons? I don't know. But, uh, again, I think it's the Raiders is the best situation. He's going to obviously make any of these teams significantly better if he is traded. Um, but the Raiders are really the one where I could see him getting a significant uptick in his dynasty value going forward. Really interesting stuff. Now, how about the playmakers on Seattle? So we have Chris Carson, who's set to hit free agency I don't project that they're going to come to any long-term agreement. Clearly, they've got bigger problems in Seattle than the run game, Uh, though Chris Carson has been clearly the staple of the Seattle Seahawks offense. Mm -hmm. But I I just don't see them. There has been just no discussion about reintegrating Chris Carson in the offense. Um, Missed some games last season. I just don't think uh, for what – I think he's performed – too highly for the contract that I think they'd probably be willing to give him. Um, so I let's agree. let's throw him out of the discussion. They do have uh, a young uh, player, DJ Dallas, who was a rookie this past season. 
And then we see Rashad Penny, who's had plenty of flashes, uh, didn't get off to the hottest start, but it seems like as soon as we saw him start to gain momentum in that offense, he tore his ACL. It was a brutal knee injury. Took him pretty much you know, over a year to, to recover from that. We should see him in full health for the season to come. He's a former first-round pick. But the wide receivers, hmm. that is where the meat and potatoes lie. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. If Russell Wilson is not here, DK Metcalf, is he still a top five dynasty wide receiver? Because that's where he's climbed in the ranks. I don't know if he is. Not only is he not a top five dynasty receiver, I'm not sure he's a top 10 dynasty receiver, Kate, of Russell Wilson leaves because... If, if the Seahawks are actually trading Wilson, it means an entire shift in how they want to play football. I think Pete Carroll, by nature, is a conservative head coach that wants to run the ball a bunch and play really strong defense. And I think if they trade Watt, or Wilson, it probably means they're going to reinvest their assets that they have at quarterback into the defense and play a ball control style of offense. Uh, I think that means, again, I'm not saying this type of player or this player exactly, but a Taysom Hill-like quarterback in Seattle. We've seen uh, uh, Tavares Jackson there before. Uh, Seneca Wallace was there before. Somebody like that that can make enough plays with their legs, throw the ball 20, 25 times, and just kind of manage the game. If that's the case, uh, you're going to see a significant drop in Metcalf and Tyler Lockett's value because they just don't have the same upside without Russell Wilson. It's absolutely crazy. I think what has made DK Metcalf so special is Russell Wilson's ability to be accurate far down the field. He's got a fantastic arm, but if you're taking them out of that situation where they do want to push the ball more aggressively downfield, that's going to be a huge hit for DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I do think the hit, the more significant hit does come for DK Metcalf. He's got a deeper average depth of target. Now, Tyler Lockett, he's been, uh, I feel like a perennial underrated wide Forever. receiver. Had yep. 100 receptions last year, and I feel like nobody uh, nobody gives him that, that sort of credit in PPR leagues. Um, but Tyler Lockett, he could continue to be that PPR asset could be uh, one of one of those more possession type players. I don't think he loses as much value without Russell Wilson there. I, I think it's DK Metcalf, but how far does DK Metcalf fall for you is my question. I probably would have him outside the top 15 receivers. Whew, that is that is tough. That is and, and rough. I think you and here's the thing. I think if he if Russell Wilson comes back this year Kate, you can make a really good argument that he should be in the top three dynasty receivers, but that's just how valuable Russell Wilson is because him and Metcalf have a special connection, uh, maybe the best deep threat receiver in the league outside of Tyreek Hill, but if we go from Russell Wilson, you know, a top five quarterback in the NFL to potentially a bottom five quarterback situation in the NFL, I'm not sure how you can't drop him that much. Now let's play a little bit of would you rather. We're gonna get we're gonna get a little wild for this one. Would you rather DK Metcalf without Russell Wilson or Michael Thomas without Drew Brees? 
I'll say I'd rather have Michael Thomas without Drew Brees because we've seen even with Teddy Bridgewater, with Taysom Hill, Michael Thomas still be uh, effective. And Sean Payton's just going to force feed him targets. Uh, That's still going to be a passing offense down there in New Orleans. I I just don't have the same level of confidence with, with Metcalf in Seattle without Wilson. You do have DK Metcalf, who's got, uh, he, he's four years younger, but all right, that was, I, I feel like that one's a, a pretty good, good comp because mm-hmm. they're both losing something there. How about DJ Moore in Carolina where his, his DJ quarterback Moore. situation DJ Moore. is? DJ Moore, DJ really? Moore, DJ Moore. Oh yeah, I listen, I still think DJ Moore is one of the most underrated wide receivers in Dynasty. Uh, that we have. I mean, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. Despite you know multiple quarterback changes, he's only 23 years old, I believe. Uh, it just uh, again, I think DJ Moore is somebody I am absolutely targeting all off-season long. Again, 1200 back-to-back 1200-yard seasons. Excuse me, with Carolina, if they get a better and more more stable quarterback situation, uh, it's going to be takeoff for DJ Moore. All right, Amari Cooper. Oh, Amari, without a doubt. I think Amari has top five, top six wide receiver potential uh, with Dak Prescott back. You saw the pace that he was on last year uh, with Dak. Whenever he's played, he's been 1,100 yards, close to double-digit touchdowns. I I think it's Amari Cooper. I'm going to let you know where we are in in terms of ADP now. So I've been (laughs) climbing down this list from uh, ADP February 2021 on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Amari Cooper sits at wide receiver 21. Okay. Listen, everybody who's listening to this podcast, just pause it right now or after we get out of our next break because we want to make sure we <laughs> we uh, make the, the advertisers happy and go put in a trade offer for Amari Cooper because he, okay, he is 26 years old and he already has one, two, three, four, five uh, thousand yard seasons in the, uh, in the last two years. Uh, 1,195 yards, 1,128 yards, despite playing with like five different quarterbacks. Go get Amari Cooper as solid as they come. All right. I love that plug. Uh, let's uh, any any other takeaways? I, I feel like we can skip over the tight ends entirely yeah, yeah. because they, that's they don't not matter. a thing in Seattle. No. Are there any other takeaways or is it really just DK Metcalf? I feel like that's sort of the the biggest hit here that I think we need to talk about. Is there anybody else we're missing? Yeah, I would just say I think Tyler Lockett goes from a wide receiver two to a flex play week to week. Um, He's always been one of the most efficient receivers in the league. He has uh, 28 touchdowns over the last three years. He's catching like almost 78% of his targets in the last three years. Uh, he's just not going to be as efficient. So I think he's going to go from somebody with, you know, 132 targets down to probably 100 targets. And that makes him just not all that valuable. And Tyler Lockett, uh, just looking at, you said, you know, he's he's an efficient wide receiver. Over the past few years, he has perennially been one of these wide receivers that has one of the highest passer ratings in the NFL mm-hmm. when targeted. Now you can make that play on on both sides of the ball there. Is it because Russell Wilson is the quarterback targeting him? I'm sure that has something to do with it, but clearly those two have something very special that they're not going to have if Russell Wilson is throwing for a different team. Let's take another quick break. And when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about our friend Seth Williams. Hmm. We'll be right back. The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. 
betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis. The options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline AG has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out BetOnline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code Locked On so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, promo code Locked On. All right, Marcus, so this is your this is your time to shine. Uh, I want you to educate me. I want you to give me the skinny. It's rookie season, baby. Hmm. We are flying high. We are getting prepped for our rookie drafts. Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn. Tell me everything I need to know. He's 6'2", 240, or 224 pounds, excuse me. Uh, profiles as the X receiver, but what else? what else should I know? Yeah, so Seth Williams is a player, I'm just telling you right now, that I'm going to be very, very high on compared to the consensus when it comes to dynasty ranks because uh, we saw in his freshman season at Auburn 534 yards, five touchdowns uh, in 10 games, averaged over 20 yards per reception. Uh, you don't see many players with his size. I actually have him at 6'3", 215. I think he's going to run in the four fives. Um, he got better just about every single year that we saw him at Auburn. And if you watch that Tigers team, Bo Nix, I mean, I know he got freshman player of the year in the SEC. He's just not a good quarterback. And Seth Williams going up against, you know, the best corners every single week. J.C. Horn, who's going to be a top 15 pick. Patrick Sertan. Uh, you got to see him against a lot of really, really good competition and he was pretty, pretty effective. Uh, very physical. Uh, he hits all the metrics that we want. A 78th percentile dominator rating. Uh, a 81st percentile breakout age at 19.4. Averaged over 15 yards per reception in his career. I think he's probably a third or fourth round pick in the actual NFL draft. And I think he's got a little bit of a, maybe a bit more athletic T. Higgins to his game. So if he lands in the right situation on a team that's looking for an outside receiver that can win in the red zone, that can win in contested you know areas, uh, I, I think that's uh, something that's going to be really intriguing. The other thing, Kate, is... You talk to anybody at Auburn or anybody who, who's known Seth Williams, he's just an incredibly hard worker. Uh, he's somebody that has, improved, again, improved every single season. He cut 15 pounds uh, of bad weight going into the 2020 year. Uh, I, I really, really like him, and I think he's somebody who could be a, a value for our dynasty leagues. I think that's uh, that's that's pretty pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. Now, tell me about why... He had uh, fewer receiving yards this year. I know he played one fewer game uh, in 2020 than he did 2019, but he had fewer receiving touchdowns. Do you have any context for uh, what might have led to that uh, lower catch percentage, the fewer receiving touchdowns? What happened in 2020? 
Yeah, the quarterback play just got worse. He had one of the uh, one of the lowest catchable pass rates in the country. Uh, Bo Nix just took a significant step backwards, uh, and teams did a better job of game planning. Uh, we saw uh, again those top of cornerbacks. I'm going to point back to J.C. Horn at South Carolina, following Seth Williams all over the field. Uh, they tried to put him in the slot a little bit. That actually didn't help because Bo Nix just isn't all that accurate in the middle of the field. It, I, I really think it's just the quarterback play was so bad uh, that it really affected that entire team. And it's actually a surprise that he still was as effective and as efficient as he was uh, this season. All right. Well, I'm I'm liking the sound of that. It sounds like uh, because of the fact that he is going a little bit later in the NFL draft, he's definitely been one of the wide receivers that we haven't seen hyped quite as much. And uh, what I pointed out regarding his his statistical drop off Mm -hmm. uh, in his junior year. I do think that uh, is going to play a a part in his general draft value from our rookie leagues. Give us one more, one more, one more quick hit. I want to know what would be the best NFL fit for him for fantasy football. Yeah, I think, again, it's any team that needs a big outside receiver that can win at the catch point. And there's a lot of them. I think, uh, I, I think, Kansas City is obviously the, the the easy takeaway here, but there's some other ones. I think Buffalo, you put them on that team with you know with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, all guys that win in the short to intermediate spot. You put them as the X receiver there. Uh, I, I think he's fantastic. Um, Kate, really quickly before we go, this is this is very much self-serving, but I I, I want your opinion <laughs> on a, a graded trade. Okay, I, I made a big dynasty trade uh, since the last time we talked, and I want your opinion. Okay. Ooh. Are you good with this? I'm good. All right. So in a tight end premium, two tight end, you, you have to start two tight ends. I traded away <laughs> Jonu Smith, Marquise okay. Brown, Hollywood Brown, two second round picks this year, 206 and 210 for CD Lamb. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love that. I, I love that. I, I was actually talking uh, pretty recently. I was tweeting about Johnny Smith. I think Johnny Smith might be one of the players that has the highest perceived value without having done pretty much anything. <laughs> well, for and that's your the thing is he, he's a he's a free agent, and I think that got the owner that I was trading him to excited because. There was reports that maybe Seattle is interested, maybe the Packers could be interested, but it's like he's never had a 500-yard season in his career. He did score eight touchdowns this year, which is really, really good, but he hasn't he hasn't proven to be a top 10 dynasty tight end yet, and I can get a guy in C.D. Lamb who I have in the top five of my dynasty rankings. This one, this felt like a little bit of like the, the poo-poo platter, right? I just threw a whole bunch of things <laughs> together and, and got a top five wide receiver, correct? Bravo. I I'm not really bragging, like that, by the way. I'm not, I'm not bragging. <laughs> I hope your, your trade mate isn't listening to the show, but Johnny Smith, you mentioned he hasn't had more than 500 receiving yards. He hasn't had more than 448 receiving yards. That's nuts. That's absolutely bonkers crazy. His PPR fantasy finishes tight end 45, tight end 34, tight end 19, tight end 16. Even with eight touchdowns I, I understand. This year. It, but the thing is, he's so dominant to watch him play that I think we really trick ourselves into thinking that he is more valuable from a fantasy standpoint 
if he gets a, a more significant target share, fantastic. Uh, didn't see the usage with the Titans, but I just worry that uh, we're not going to see that. I mean, he's a strong blocker. I, I worry that we're just not going to see that uh, that role open up for him. And like I said, I just think the per the perception of him makes me want to sell him where I have him because we're probably going to give it what one more season and then mm -hmm. we're out. Yeah. Uh, if if he gets signed by a team, if it's a good fit, then you know maybe that's the right time to sell him. But uh, either way, I'm trying to move the shares I have now because I, if he steps onto the field and he's not producing pretty much immediately, his value is going to tank, and I think it's going to tank pretty quickly. Thank you. I really I'm appreciate not... that. I appreciate you just making me feel so much better about this trade. <laughs> it makes me feel great. C.D. Lamb is a, a top, uh, what, 10 dynasty wide receiver. I think you made a great move there. Uh, it, you know, it, it's always nice to sort of pawn off those extra tight ends in the tight end premium leagues. They're obviously very valuable. You need, you need everything you can get. Uh, in those tight end premium leagues, but in in this kind of landscape, you're you're able to throw a dart into the waiver wire, even in your dynasty leagues, mm -hmm. and you have a chance at a touchdown any given Sunday. Anthony Fersker uh, might be of some value there. You just never know. Uh, but that's it. We'll close out our show for today. <laughs> Marcus, enjoy your share of CD Lamb. Thank you. Thank and you. <laughs> congratulations on your big move. Uh, everybody, please be sure to subscribe and, of course, check back into the show. We are going to be continuing on in our rookie series on Monday. Uh, and then Tuesday and Wednesday, Ryan will be back. Ryan and Matt will be back uh, for, you know, just continuing the party here. Uh, we will see you guys next week and enjoy your, your football this weekend, folks. What kind of exit was that? I don't know what that was. <laughs>